0: Nelly, host, owner, and CEO of American Variety Network. Welcome to Blossom City Radio, hosted by Jeremy Stellhorn. I'm going to let Jeremy take over the show in just a minute here, but I've got a very special announcement that I'm going to make. But first, I would like to say happy birthday to Jeremy Horn. I'm actually late for this birthday shout out. Actually, his birthday was last Tuesday, but we had so many technical issues, so I couldn't really get to do a birthday show. But hey, I'll say happy birthday. Right here on his episode of Blossom City Radio. So happy birthday, Jeremy. I hope you had a wonderful birthday. And Jeremy and I have been friends for a long time now. And I am extremely honored to be Jeremy's friend. And I am happy to be Jeremy's friend. And I never thought I would see Jeremy have His own podcast, so that is really really cool. I am extremely happy that Jeremy has Blossom City Radio and he is doing really well with Blossom City, so that is pretty interesting. So, once again, happy birthday, Jeremy. Now, on to my very special announcement. As you know, today is our 325th episode of the American Variety Network. So we are literally just 25 episodes away from our 350th episode. And guess what guys? Blossom City Radio host Jeremy Stellhorn is going to be the co-host of the 350th episode. We're going to have some wonderful guests on the show. Aquatic Treasures owner is going to be one of our guests on the 350th episode, and I can't wait to interview him. I'm also planning for some other awesome guests. I'm also planning on Chicago rapper Ryan Serene to perform live on the 350th episode. Episode. so it's going to be an amazing show, and this is going to be the very first show that Jeremy Stolhorn co, or excuse me, co-host with me, Alex Cardinelli. That's going to be really fun. So, on the next episode of Blossom City Radio, I'm going to announce the actual date and hopefully the actual guest and the planned segments. So, folks, stay tuned for the 300. 300- and 50th episode ladies and gentlemen here is jeremy stellhorn with this week's episode of blossom city radio
1: welcome to blossom city radio i'm your host jeremy stellhorn april is autism awareness month if you have a child or family member with autism or special needs please feel free to check out our page blossom city radio we stand together It's a startup page, but I am working to make it a page where families can connect and help to make the lives of our children better and share ideas with each other and help make lives at home easier. I apologize for having to cancel last week. I had some recording issues and was not able to get the show done into the editor on time. I would also like to thank Freedom Lake and Aquatic Treasures for sponsoring my show. I want to thank everybody for liking and sharing my page on Facebook. I would like to thank everybody for the well wishes and support as I grow my show on the American Variety Network. Please feel free to message me on Blossom City Radio Facebook page or BlossomCityRadio at yahoo.com and let me know your thoughts on the show, ideas for future guests, future businesses and just exciting and different events and people for the show. And if you have an event coming up, like a benefit, a book signing, or whatnot, and you would like to have it promoted on the show, just let me know, and I'll put it on our board, and I'll put it on my page so that my listeners will know. On tonight's show, we have author MJ Pack. Jamie Simpson is here to update us on Gavin and her recovery from their accident. Damon from Aquatic Treasures will be on To talk about his shop and the aquarium hobby, the music will be provided by Tim Berg. Lastly, I'd like to give a well wishes to my friend Patty, who is recovering from surgery. Our first song of the night is Three Shells by Tim Berg.
2: Park bye,
1: Three Shells by Tim Berg. Please welcome Jamie Simpson to the show. Jamie Simpson is our guest today. Hey, Jamie, how are you? Fine, Jeremy, how are you? Pretty good. So I know that you guys have kind of had a little bit of a stuff going on with, you know, an accident that you were involved in. Can you tell us a little kind of what's going on and how things are going? Um, Things are getting better. We had an
3: accident on January 14th of uh, 2016. Uh, We were T-boned from a car coming out on a side road. Um, He hit at my uh, six-year-old's side of the car. Uh, My son Gavin had to have emergency brain surgery. He's recovered from... It was a severe accident.
1: He was helicoptered out to Cardinal blended, is that correct?
3: Yes, they airlifted him from the scene, and the first seventy-two hours were touch and go.
1: Yeah, which is down here by us in Evansville, Illinois, right? Close. Yes. To. Evansville. Yeah. So he, they flew him to, they flew him to Cardinal Glennon and had the emergency brain surgery. Were you able to be up there with him, or did it take a while? Did you have to go and? Receive I him? had to drive separate. Oh yeah, I know. With my wife, when we had our accident, that she had to go to St. Louis when it was worse, and I ended up having to – I was stuck in the hospital at Redbud, so I can only imagine how, you know, just heart-wrenching that can be to be separated like that. Um, but so – and you, he suffered brain injuries. The brain injury, Did what other injuries did he suffer? We were lucky he
3: had a laceration on his liver. Uh-huh. And then, you know, tons of cuts on the face and stuff, but the brain injury was the big one.
1: Yeah. Brain injuries are definitely hard. And what injuries did you suffer? I know that you've had some surgeries yourself that you've been going through.
3: Yeah. um, After he had his emergency
1: surgery that night, I refused to go get checked out until
3: uh, I got to see him out of the operating room, breathing. You know, until I got to visually see it myself, I refused to get checked. Yeah. And, uh... I went next door to Slew to the hospital there and they checked me out. Well it ended up I had a complete torn ACL oh. and my meniscus was torn some. So I just recently had surgery two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, and you're doing therapy now to be getting him back and to get moving around and help take care of your son. Yes. And so how is the how is he how is his recovery going? He's doing pretty good, still has um
3: uh, issues with being in a car, of course. Uh, he hasn't been able to go back to school yet, so that will probably hold him back a year. Yeah. So it's just a day-by-day process getting over everything.
1: But I mean, He's still in line for surgeries. He's had several surgeries, and he still has a few more that he's getting involved with. Yes, we have to Yeah, we have to go see a
3: plastic surgeon coming up at April. Well, April is already April. Um, April is 12th to see about putting his skull back together.
1: Yeah. So. So, um, but, so they had that, they helicoptered him out, and then you guys have been doing several surgeries and therapy. um, And I know that he also had some struggles when he was younger, too, so you guys have kind of been battling with that. Can you tell me a little more about some of the other stuff that poor Gavin's had to deal with? trying to get yeah. where we are?
3: Well, when he was born, he, at exactly 24 hours old, they flew him to Cardinal Glennon. Um, he ended up having surgery at a week old. His esophagus was not together. After they that healed about two to three weeks, they found out he had severe tracheal which is a floppy airway. So they had to put a trach in and then a vent. He was put on a vent to breathe.
2: Yeah. And
3: then about, um, say two months after that, since he could not eat by mouth, his suck and swallow was not together, they had to put a feeding tube
2: in. Yeah.
3: And he was in the hospital from the end of May to the beginning of October when he was born. Yeah. At Cardinal Lennon. And then he did, um, two years on the vent. He got off the vent. And then in December of 2013, he had a trach removal surgery. Uh-huh. You know, and he had a up of stuff he got to that point. So, you know, he was doing really good. Uh-huh. No trach, nothing. And in February this year, he was supposed to be getting his feeding tube out. Yeah. Well, the accident happened, so the feeding tube didn't get to come out.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. So he's just been a... Fighter, he rolls
3: with the punches like since he's been born
1: and and all the pictures he's a very very handsome little boy he always seems so happy and you said he has a really good attitude with everything that he's been going through he's just you know he's got a good look on the life of it it's really awesome he does um he's had
3: people yeah he's had people ask him about it and he said well the most important thing is i'm healthy and i'm alive And for a six-year-old to look at it that way is
1: awesome. Yes, it is. It's very awesome. You have a strong little boy there. Very amazing. And it was actually Yes, he is. Thank you. You guys were going on a night out or a day out is when the accident happened. It was actually supposed to be a fun time. Yeah. um, He had been doing really good in
3: school, and we were just going to have a mommy-son date night, which, you know, a
1: trip to McDonald's. And, you know, he was excited. Yes. And that's where we were on our way to. And, yes, and then everything kind of just unraveled a little bit. But he's doing well. Yes. Um, if, and, and, you know, I mean, I know that, you know, with the, he has one more surgery or several surgeries left to go, you know? We don't know for sure until we talk to the plastic
3: surgeon and how they figure out how they're going to fix the skull.
2: Uh-huh.
3: It, depending on what route they decide is the best, it could take – multiple surgeries down the road, or if they can yeah. get it fixed in one surgery. Yeah. Because the skull, he still has room for his skull to grow, so they have to figure out an option. Hopefully they can do something to where it grows with the skull and then possibly only one surgery, but
1: we won't know till we find out from uh, a plastic surgeon. Yeah, definitely. I understand that. It's amazing what they can do with modern medicine. It is. He had to he had to learn everything over again, correct, with therapy and stuff like that.
3: Yes, he had to learn how to walk again um, and some of the school work I've noticed you have issues with with me doing here at home, uh-huh, but you know it's just it could take years before we find out that there's any major damage, yeah, as of now, there's not a little bit of the withdrawn stuff from people in that,
1: yeah. That and we, behavioral outburst he has now. Yeah, that's common with brain injury also. We know a little bit about brain injury. We've had a brain injury in my family as well. So my wife got sick, and she had to learn how to walk and talk and do all those things again. So we, we understand, you know, how, and, you know, what's going on and some of the issues that you guys are going through, you know, with the feeding tubes and all that. You guys have had the feeding tubes and different things and more, you know, Definitely, definitely more impactful on your family than what ours was, but we totally understand where you guys are coming from. Becky was in the hospital and therapy for six months, so we definitely, you know. He had a, yeah,
3: it takes a toll on everything, family life and everything, and we've had a good support with our friends and family, so we were lucky, and the community has been great there for us and you know, the fire department here in town gave him a welcome home the night he came home. They brought him into town 7, 7.30 that night with fire trucks and sirens blowing.
1: That's awesome. So, that, that is one of the things that I do love about the area that we live in is how everybody kind of sticks together and helps out and does what they can on everything because, I mean, when Becky was sick, the outpour was amazing as well. So that that's one of the great things. That yeah,
3: the Evansville – the, the Evansville Fire Department has uh been in his life since beginning because of seizures and whatnot. They've got a first responders. And so they're all real close to Gavin and it was just it was great to come home that night. You know, I had a feeling they were up to something and then you come home and you see that and it's just it's
1: it pulls on your heart. Yes, definitely. That's so awesome. That major shout out to those guys for do for all that they do too. You know, it's a group of volunteers that works hard and takes care of their community. So, definite to the volunteer fire department there. Um, If people were wanting to help out, how would they be able to get a hold of you guys to help out? Um,
3: They can use my address, and then I can put it into our benefit account that we have, um, and we use it for travel to... uh, Our many doctor, we've both got tons of doctor appointments back and forth to St. Louis and therapies, of course, you know, and if we got hospital stays. Yes. And we've set up an account where we just put it in there and that's what it's used for. Uh, They can just send it to my mail address. It's uh, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, Simpson, S-I-M-P-S-O-N, at 728 Evans, E-V-A-N-S, Drive, Evansville, E V A N S V I L L E, Illinois, 62242.
1: And I can put up a link to your Facebook page, so if people wanted to contact you on Facebook, they're definitely, you know, able to get through there and talk to you that way, correct? Yes, that is fine. Okay. And then um, I know, like you said, with the travel and stuff, but with your surgery, you aren't able to get up and get out and about and be able to... Work or anything, and your boyfriend is also taken off to help take care of you, correct? So you guys aren't.
2: Yes, to he took. So he He took to work two work. weeks
1: off work. Yeah.
3: You know. Uh huh. They released me to. They released me to drive, but I got to be careful. Yeah. And the boyfriend took off the week of surgery and the week after to help around the house because I couldn't yeah. do nothing. So it's just a slow process getting back to
1: being yeah. mom. <laughs> Yes, definitely, and taking care of what needs to be taken care of, so definitely, yeah, so it's it's amazing. I'm glad that everything went as well as what it has, and I'm glad the outlook is going well and you guys are on the mend. I know, you know, an accident could take you out for a long time, and little man Gavin's doing well and getting better by the day, the way it sounds. Yeah, it's just all the,
3: the physical and the emotional is a long road.
1: Oh, I can only imagine, yes, definitely. Um, is there anything else that you kinda wanna add? Um, just thank
3: you, everybody, for listening to my story uh and all the support that we've gotten It's just been a great help. It's great that there's still people out there that care the way they do for people
1: definitely it's an amazing it's an amazing area that we live in and So even with the St. Louis and Southern Illinois and the outreach that people do do and how people take care of each other in the area, um, it's definitely great. It's one of the things that I do love about where we live at, you know, with some of our stuff with my family and then everybody's great, you know. So I'm sure it's the same way with you. Um, And thank you for being on my show. I really appreciate, you know, you coming on and talking with me. Thank you for having me. I want to thank the girls at IGA for Um, letting me know kind of what was going on so I could, you know, have you on the show and see what we, you know, can do. I know they did a banjo raffle to help out. Um, I don't quite know who won yet, but we're in the process of finding out. So, um, and then from there, hopefully we're able to get an update every once in a while and see how you guys are doing. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for being on.
3: Thanks,
1: Jeremy. Uh-huh. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Mm-hmm. Bye. Please welcome MJ packed to the show. Tonight's guest is MJ Pack, author of Horror Stories and many other endeavors at the moment. How are you doing, MJ? I'm doing
4: great. Thanks for having oh. me.
1: Yes, it's been an honor. I've actually... Found you on the uh, Chilling Tales, and I've kind of been interested and read some of your stuff. It's been really good. I appreciate you know being on.
4: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Chilling Tales is a, is a great organization. They're they're doing so much in the horror fiction audio world right now.
1: Yeah, and it's really well put together. It's kind of like old time radio. So I was I'm an old time radio buff. So I definitely got hooked on that fast. Oh, great. So how did you get into your writings?
4: Well, I've actually really been into reading and writing since I was a little kid. Um, I remember when I was like, I might have touched on this in the podcast, but uh, when I was like six or seven years old, I remember um, telling my mother a story I wanted to write, but I didn't know how to type it, so she had to type it for me. So (laughs) I essentially dictated her uh, a story, and I don't remember anything about it except that it was about a haunted ring. And... um, Uh, That was sort of where it started, and then just over the years, uh, I wrote um, just little stories for myself. I loved writing exercises in classes. Uh, Once it got to college, I minored in creative writing. Um, But, you know, you you grow up and you think, okay, i got to be practical about this. i got to, you know, do an actual job. And so I got into marketing, but, um, I mean, long story short, too late – uh, <laughs> I ended up connecting with somebody from Thought Catalog online, and, uh, one thing led to another, and they ended up hiring me to write
1: full-time. That's awesome. Could you tell us a little bit about Thought Catalog?
4: Oh, yeah. Thought Catalog is amazing. Um, I just work on one offshoot of the website, which is a catalog That's um, Essentially, just the uh, creepy content, so horror fiction or uh, nonfiction, which is serial killer type stuff, unsolved mysteries, true crime. Um, but Thought Catalog, uh, the overarching, I guess, slogan for the website would be all thought is relevant, and that's really neat because that means that we share the opinions and thoughts of everybody, regardless of whether it's controversial, whether it's unpopular, and I just think that's really important these days where things are getting so PC and so sort of censored in a way. Um, But it's really neat just uh, all the people that I work with and all the different lifestyles and uh, perspectives that I get to interact with on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah, that does sound really good. And I always enjoy, like, being able to go through and get different people's opinion and the different perspectives, like you said, is always neat to kind of see where other people are coming from and think of things you never thought before. It kind of makes you grow on that, too.
4: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and you do the creepy catalog. I know I posted some of your stuff on some of my page so everybody can kind of look at it. So then when did you first start getting, you know, your first actual being put into through creepy a catalog. Um, yeah, through keep did you start writing and then after creepy catalog start getting published or was it you were published and they found you through creepy catalog?
4: Well, I was actually published in a couple small press pieces. Um, what happened was, and I love to tell this story. Uh, my husband hates scary stuff, like just absolutely hates it. And so you can imagine his life with me is great. Um, (laughs) But he sent me a link one day uh, to the subreddit called No Sleep. And Uh I I remember all the email said was, uh, this is dumb, scary shit. I know
2: you'll love it. So
4: (laughs) I went and checked it out. And uh, for those of you who don't know, No Sleep is a forum where people write creative horror fiction and the entire idea is you're supposed to suspend uh, your disbelief. And so anything that's written there, you're supposed to assume, quote, unquote, it's true. Mm-hmm. So I start going through these stories, and I'm like, wow, this is really great. And like I said, I was in marketing, and I hadn't done anything, like, you know, creative just for myself in a long time. And uh, I I just thought, you know, this could be really fun. And so I was like, Okay. People upvote and downvote these posts, and so, you know, stuff that's really bad kind of gets put to the bottom. Stuff that's really good gets put to the top, and I thought, if I start writing here and people like it, maybe that means, you know, I I actually still have a talent for it and I should keep doing it. So I submitted a story, and the story is now. It actually uh, does appear in my collection, Certain Dark Things. It's called Drains in the Floor. And it was loosely based on an actual experience I had with a ghost hunter who came and spoke at my university when I was in college. And right away, it was, like, super upvoted, and I couldn't believe the response to it. It was so great. And so I kept writing, and it was really just for no sleep at first. And then as I started doing research, I found out how easy it was to submit to... Other publications. So I started really like polishing my pieces and sort of getting them packaged and ready for the public. And then um, eventually, I think the first publication I was picked up for was called The Grotesquerie, which was really cool because it was an entirely female horror collection. Um, They picked up The Nightmare Club. And then after that, it was uh, April Moon Amok was uh, the next publication I was in. They picked up Close the Door and Have a Feet. And then after that, it was Beyond the Nightlight, which is number seven. And then Ghosts and Anthology from Beyond picked up Dreams in the Floor. And so uh, it was just kind of a, a, a side thing for me for, for a little while. But um, once Thought Catalog, once it was actually just before Thought Catalog hired me full time. They offered me the book deal for Certain Dark Things.
1: Very nice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then you got into certain dark things, and that's um, and then that one's out. And then you also have another one. um, The witch gets what she wants.
4: uh, It was originally called What the uh, What the Witch Wanted, but we just retitled it um, Uh for marketing purposes, and so now it's called Highville State Asylum Diaries of George Andrew Ryland, 1902 to 1953.
1: Very nice. I read that one. I really did enjoy that book.
4: Thank you. That that one was a story in and of itself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
2: so,
4: uh, I, you know, as any normal job, you know, you have to put out a certain amount of work or you have, you know, goals that you're supposed to meet. And so yeah. um, with my job, I need to put out a certain amount of pieces a week. And that's good because it keeps me disciplined, but there was one week where I was just not feeling it. I just had no idea what to write. I'd had one piece I'd gone back to, I'd come back, uh, I didn't like it, and finally I was like, you know what, if I just kind of wrap this up, put, like, you know, sort of a, a, you know, interesting end to it, to where people will be interested to come back and see what happens, then I can buy myself some time and and I'll, you know, um, I can come back and I'll be better with it, so... That's what happened with the asylum series, was it was this story that I had started about a man who finds his grandfather's old personal logs about when he worked as a janitor in an insane asylum, and I basically just capped off the end of this first part with, okay, I'm going to come back, and then I'll, like, wrap it up with, like, maybe two more pieces, It'll, that'll be it. So I finished it, and people went nuts. And just, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. We can't wait to see what's next. And I said, okay, you like this? Really? All right. So I uh, wrote another part of it, and at the end of the second part, was not feeling it, still didn't like it, still didn't know where it was going. And people went nuts and, oh, I can't wait for the next part. When's part three coming out? And so it was basically two months of a nightmare because it was just this story I didn't like and I didn't understand why people liked it and I didn't know where it was going. So while it ended up okay, I was really satisfied with the ending and people liked it too, but that taught me a lesson about planning and being a little more disciplined as a writer. <laughs>
1: well, it came together really well. I read through it very, very fast. I downloaded it on my phone, and I couldn't put my phone down. So,
2: Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs>
5: and
1: it, I'm noticing you, write, you do a pen name with initials, and you also kind of write in the male perspective. Is there a reasoning towards that?
4: Well, the pen name is very deliberate. Um, First of all, my maiden name was uh, very hard to spell and very hard to figure out how to pronounce. So once I got married, I was like, definitely I'm going with that. P A T K. Easy. Um, But I had done some studies about the fact that consciously and subconsciously, people, and it's not just men, it's men and women, actually avoid female sounding authors in the speculative genres. And so that's... Fantasy, sci-fi, horror—it's um, just a subconscious and conscious thing that people just—they see the female name and they go back and they kind of put it off, and that's the the same reason that J.K. Rowling went by her initials. And so I was like, you know what? I like the sound of M.J. Pack, so let's just go with it. So it's just my first initial and middle initial, um, and it, it, I think it also because I do write from both gender perspectives. It keeps it simple because a lot of people who, if they don't dive into my profile and find out that I am a woman, um, it's easier for them to believe as I write as a male um, that it's real, I guess. Yeah.
2: Um,
4: And then to touch on uh, your question about writing as a male, um, it hasn't been that difficult for me to write as a a male perspective. I don't know why, and I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) Um, It's actually easier to write from like sort of a, uh, if you've read Danny's story, um, he's kind of a, a rough around the edges guy and it's uh-huh. really easy for me to write from that perspective. I don't know why, uh, but when it comes to Drains of the Floor or even like uh, the Highville State Asylum series, um, George Andrew Ryland, where it's very sort of prim and proper and strict, that one is is what causes me a little bit of difficulty where I have to really focus and and figure out but uh it's, it's actually pretty funny um i was so excited because there's a guy uh his name is jeff clement and he runs a youtube channel called oral Simulation. now that's oral a u r a l and uh he he reads horror fiction and he he does he does an insanely good job he composes the music and he does all the sound effects and does the voice narration and it's just really really quality work um But he did the entire Danny story that I was just talking about uh, for that channel. He just posted the finale a couple days ago. And um, that's sort of the rough around the edges kind of guy I was talking about. And Uh uh, when I first heard, the first part is called Soft White Damn And when I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, yes, this is exactly what I was hearing in my head. This is so perfect. Like, this is the guy. This is him.
2: Uh And
4: then when I played it for my husband, he goes, that just sounds like a guy talking like you. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, no one else has, has said that. And so I think he just knows me well enough that, like, he knows my patterns of speech and inflections. But it, it was just very funny for me to hear what, to me, sounded like this guy I'd created in my head. So was to be like, no, that's just you as a dude. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Um. So, what are you actually working? Are you working on anything currently?
4: Uh, I do have a collection of some of my older work that's coming out soon um, through Thought Catalog. It'll be it should be ebooks and paperback. Uh, I've got to get the information on that, but um, it's called Ravenous: Small Stories with Big Appetites. So that should be pretty fun. Um, okay. I'm also trying to figure out this novel idea I have. I need to, uh, I I mostly dabble in short stories, and I really want to settle down and figure out a re. because even the Highville State Asylum, that's considered a novelette for its length, and so I actually want to do, like, a full-on novel, but we'll see how that comes along. And then um, I'm also currently covering a true crime um, story that's happening right now down in Springfield, Missouri, um, the Gypsy Blanchard case, which is, is pretty wild if you look it up. But the next hearing for that is April 12th, so that's coming up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the trial is set for November. Um, not sure if those dates will be set in stone, but we will see. But I'm going to be – I covered the case as it broke, and then I'll be covering the trial as it goes on.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I've kind of read up on it a little bit. It is a wild case with everything going on in it.
4: Oh, it's it's so nuts. And then I've become personally involved with a couple key people in the case itself, and then the drama only gets deeper
1: from there,
2: I can tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can only imagine. Um, and what other projects are you working on at the moment?
2: Um.
4: Not a whole lot else, except uh, I do have a friend that I'm working with pretty closely on um, a a couple different things. Her name is Amy. Uh, She goes by The Closet Clairvoyant, which uh, means that she grew up knowing that she had these gifts to speak to. Um, spirits and the dead and, and read people who are alive and all this stuff. And she kind of ignored it for a long time and now she's decided she's going to come out of the closet, so to speak, as a clairvoyant. That's mm-hmm. where the name comes from. Um, mm-hmm. but she is just, she's amazing. Like, I've, I've worked with her in a couple things and I will not lie, I put her through a, a long series of tests <laughs> before I decided to give her any sort of credit for whether she was you know, legit or not, um, because I did go into this as, as very much a skeptic and she has has proven over and over again to to really have some sort of gift, whether you want to call it clairvoyance or a second sight or whatever. Um, but her and I have been working together. Uh, right now, we are covering the Making a Murderer case, which is uh, really fun, the, the Stephen Avery um, and Brennan Dassey case and uh, I think we're getting kind of close to some sort of revelation on that, but we've also decided to start a series where um, we pick specific celebrities who have passed on and speak to them, and um, this past Friday, we did Marilyn Monroe, and that was just an incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we talked for about two hours, and it was just... I mean, it was... It's really hard to explain, especially because so many people think that this kind of thing is so silly, and I did uh-huh. too before. But um, just speaking to her and hearing the inflection in her voice when she was kind of repeating what she was saying, and um, one of the things that was even more bizarre was I just happened to watch an episode of the um, Hulu series, 112263, the day prior, and Knew some name in regards to JFK because I had watched that. And uh-huh. as she started talking and saying that um, Marilyn was trying to show her who had ordered her to be killed, basically, um, she was describing this man. And I was like, okay... Hey, I- Now, from from what she was saying before, it sounds like it could be this guy, but that's not what he looks like on the show. And so I Googled him, and I was like, oh, my God, that's actually what this guy looks like. Uh Because the actor looks different from the actual historical figure. So I found a silver picture, and she said, yes, that's him. And so it was just this bizarre, like, series of connections that were made. But, um, I mean, people who who don't believe that kind of stuff, my husband included, uh, they're not ever going to, you know... Take that with any reality, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but for me, it's been a very moving experience to work with her, and um, just on a personal level, there's been things she's told me that she has no way of knowing, and so oh. that's a very, very fun project that I've been working on.
1: Cool. And wh- when will we or where will we be able to find some of this stuff at? Is it going to be something?
4: Yes, I'm actually, I'm going to be working on the Maryland write-up this week. All of these can be found on my Thought Catalog profile. Uh If you Google MJ Pack, I'm pretty much the only one that comes up, but my Thought Catalog profile has all of my write-ups. Um, so we've got the Maryland one, we've got the Making a Murderer, which should be coming soon, the next part. Um, there's several, several parts of that on my my profile that you can find. And then I think the next read, celebrity read we're going to do, is uh Nicole Brown Simpson, so
1: very that
2: interesting.
1: Be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, before we do this, you, you were talking about thought catalog. You, what social media sites do you have, and where can people find you?
4: I'm something of a social media addict, so you can find me pretty much everywhere. Um,
2: okay. <laughs> I'm on
4: Twitter as uh, Megslice, so that's M-E-G-S-L-I-C-E. Um, on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash Um I'm on Instagram as McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can find me on my website at emjpack.com.
1: Awesome. And I know that I can't get away without asking you about Stephen King, kind of the person <laughs> that inspired you. So can I hear a little bit about how you got into the tour with it and a little bit about your Stephen King infatuation?
4: Absolutely. Um, It's pretty funny because uh, when I was a little kid growing up in the 90s, like horror kind of became like a trendy thing for kids, which was weird. Um, Because we had goosebumps, we had Are You Afraid of the Dark? And so once I tore through both those, I was like, okay, I need more. But there was no more. So I remember um, going to my mom's, book cabinet that she had in the basement, and it was just full of Stephen King novels. And I, I can't remember which one I grabbed first, but I was like, yes, this will do it. And I just started reading, and I think I was probably eight years old when I started doing that. Um, so who knows what that did to uh, my young brain. But, um, and my mom has even told me that uh, members of the family would see me reading those books when I was so young and, and say, you know, is that good for her? And my mom's like, ah, she's fine. <laughs> and I told her, oh, it paid off. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, But, yeah, he's just, one of the things I love about him is that he writes the way people talk. And it's, it's so hard to find, I mean, even really, really good novels that I've read, like Girl on the Train and uh, Gone Girl. Um, yep. They They're very eloquent and elegant and beautiful, but it doesn't feel like the person is sitting in the room and talking to me. And with Stephen King, it does.
2: Yeah. Um.
4: And so that's something I've really tried to translate into my own style is the idea that you know I'm I'm just in the room talking to you, and I was even able to see him speak last year in Kansas City, and that was a, a real treat because he's hilarious, which you wouldn't expect from somebody yeah. who is a horror writer. Um. But he was so funny, and he played the guitar for us, and he he was just really really great. And one of the things that was really cool was um, I've always considered myself sort of an undisciplined writer. You know, I don't sit down and do what I'm supposed to do during the day, or I'll put stuff off, or I you know I, I'll go and uh, as for the High uh, Highville Asylum series, go into things unplanned. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I saw him speak, somebody asked him because he was it was a book tour for his new novel revival, and they said, uh, so when you, when you wrote this, like, what caused all the themes of, you know, faith and loss of faith and relevance and blah, and blah, 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 and he goes, well, I never sat down to write a novel about faith. I sat down to write a novel because I had an idea about a revival, uh-huh. that's basically it, <laughs> <laughs> and that was just really cool to hear because that's how I write is I get uh-huh. an idea and I sit down and I write it. And, you know, I go back through and I do refine it and polish it, and I might find themes within the work. Um, Alive is a really good example where um, once I wrote it, I sat down, I went back through it several times and found a couple threads where I was like, oh, I could tie back to this or, ooh, this is a really good theme. But when I sat down to write it, that was never in my head. And so um, it was really cool to hear that, you know, this guy who's, you know, essentially one of the greatest literary minds of our time, uh-huh. Just sits down and bangs something out. Um, that was that was really inspiring. You here?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I know you're giving away of copies, or you know, your of um, like there's a raffle or whatever of copies of um, certain dark things on your page, right?
2: Can you tell yeah, I'm doing find that.
4: Yes, that's on my Facebook page. So that's um, facebook.com slash mjpackauthor. And there's just a, a, it should be the pinned status at the top. Um, but it's just uh, about giving away a couple copies of the audiobook for certain dark things, which just came out. Uh-huh. Um, Jacob York did the reading for that, and he just did an incredible job.
1: Awesome. I always enjoy the audiobooks for work because you can put your mind on something as you got a boring dad. So, yeah, definitely. absolutely. <laughs> Um, is there anything else that you kind of want to cover or do you have anything else you want to add?
2: Oh, let's see.
1: Uh
4: I mean, I I just have loved like all this stuff sort of came to pass once we moved to St. Louis and I never uh-huh. thought I would be the kind of person to have sort of city pride, but yeah. uh I love living in St. Louis, like the the actual city limits of St. Louis, and it's just, it's been so great. Um, there's so much atmosphere, and there's there's so much inspiration, and the community around here is so great, and um, I don't know, it's just, I, I, just, I guess I want to give a little shout out to St. Louis for sort of <laughs> being the place where once me and my husband got here, everything started going right, so yes. we love it here and hope we'll be here for a long time.
1: Yes, it's a great little town because you can be out and enjoy nature, and you can be right in the city right within an hour. You know, you kind of have everything you want within an hour of St. Louis. It's exactly. Really awesome <laughs> they do. So. Well, and the yeah. the
4: culture, too. Like, for me, I really rely on being stimulated creatively.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
4: and where I had lived previously, there was just none of that. And here, like, I've seen comedians that are in my, you know, tops, five comedians and I've seen Uh musical acts that are in my top five musical acts and it's just being able to go and experience that kind of culture and art and you know music just really really helps
1: definitely um I agree with you yeah St. Louis is a beautiful town and it, like you did say it has so much to offer and you can do about anything with that you know musicians Mm and whatnot. That's kind of one of the reasons I started this podcast was kind of spotlight some of the stuff that goes on in the St. Louis and Southern Illinois area you know, an idea I had had, and so that's kind of what I started off with. Well, that's great. Yeah. But thank you for being on. I really enjoyed it. This has been one that I've been looking forward to for a while.
4: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure.
1: (laughs) Yep, same. (laughs) And that was author MJ Pack. Our second song of the night from featured artist Tim Berg is Through This Life. Through This Life by Tim Berg. Please welcome Damon from Aquatic Treasures. I actually found his shop on accident and it's been one of my favorite shops since. Hi, I'm with
5: Damon at Aquatic Treasures. How are you today, Damon? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, can you tell me a little bit about Aquatic Treasures? Well, Aquatic Treasures uh, got started about 14 years ago. Um, The name Aquatic Treasures has been around. It's been um, in Highland and in Fairview. The oh, the previous owner moved it, and then to Collinsville, and then uh, talked to me a couple years back about uh, buying him out, and uh, so that's when we took over. We took over in February uh, two years ago, and um, have tried to make some changes along the way. Well, I know that when you come in, it's probably got one of the
1: bigger selections of salt water. Your everything is. Exactly pristine and amazing when you walk in that's the first thing I notice about my fish stores or that everything's well kept. you have a lot of great equipment and it's been you know everything's really clean and nice so you walk in and there's no dead fish there's that I've seen nothing like that that you know I've seen so you guys are
5: definitely on top of everything everything looks really nice in here well thank you we um, we pride ourselves in keeping our store clean um, you know in dealing with livestock uh, we do have issues from time to time, but we do our best to try to take care of those issues and, um, and uh, separate the fish that are you know, in need of extra care. Um, one of the things that we do uh, when we get our fish in is we have a quarantine system in the back, and we will quarantine the fish for a couple of weeks, uh, make sure that they're eating before we put them out front for sale. Um, and again, it's just um, it's just an extra precaution that we take, and it um, doesn't mean that it's 100% successful, but we try to hedge our bets uh, for the customer and their success right out the gate.
1: Especially in saltwater, I know the like, different diseases and stuff that can come in, especially in some of your saltwater, the quarantine is definitely a extra bonus because I've had a friend who bought something from somewhere else. and. He bought a puffer fish, and it gave uh, everybody val- a velveteen or velvet or whatever it was. So I know that the quarantine is an extra step that
5: really helps, and it's above and beyond what a lot of stores do. Yeah, it's um, it's something that we, we have tried to do for the customer. You know, we're talking about saltwater fish. It's um, First off, it's quite expensive for some of the fish that we sell. And also, most of the people are putting these fish in a reef system, which makes it – nearly impossible to try to medicate after they get it into their reef system because these medications are not safe for corals or invertebrates. So um, We always encourage people to set up quarantine systems before they um, put their fish in their own aquarium, but um, for those that don't, we we try to make things easy um, from the start and make their success, uh, hopefully hedge their bets towards success
1: definitely can you tell me a little bit about the stock you have I know you've mentioned the
5: corals and different stuff like that and I've walked through and you having a beautiful selection we try to carry um, a variety of uh, the things that are popular today um, You know, those are just LPS corals. People love the look of the LPS corals because they carry a lot of color and a lot of movement. Um, We have zoanthids, and we're trying to carry a little bit of uh, small polyp stony corals, anemones, and um, just the things that people are looking to put in their reef system. We can also order um, and special order anything that people might want for their aquarium that might be kind of an odd, um, out-of-the-ordinary type coral. We can keep our eye on um, our stock list. We also transship from, you know, Indonesia and Australia. Uh, So we have the access to to get some of those higher-priced, more unusual corals if a customer would want to do that.
1: And I have ordered some freshwater fish from you that you guys went and did a special order on. And they came in. Everything looked great. And, I mean, it was nice. You guys set me up, let me know when I could come in and do it. So everything went really well on that. And it saved a ton of money on my shipping end of it because when I've ordered in the past online, it's been at least thirty dollars shipping. So you save money that way by coming through the store too. So it's an extra money that you can spend on fish if you like.
5: Yeah, that's nice. Um, we know we know that that um, special ordering stuff online is very popular these days. But um, you know, our, our hopes with a storefront a brick and mortar storefront like we have is, um, you know, you're going to get. Um, Our expertise, you're going to have the ability to come in and talk about some of the issues that you have. Um, And like you said, it does save money on some shipping. So, you know, our upfront price is going to be a little bit more than you would buy online. But, um, you know, by the time you factor in your shipping and then not being able to see the fish, we've had, you know, people uh, give us some horror stories of some of the things that have gone on. Uh, with, their, with their shipping and we understand again that online presence is, um, is popular today uh, but we'd like to encourage people to come to the store, see what we can do and see if we can uh, match or at least um, give a fair price and hopefully some of those benefits of the face-to-face um, business is going to outweigh some of those benefits that there are to um, online ordering. I prefer to come into the store
1: because I've ordered online and the fish didn't eat, two of my fish didn't eat, and then there's questions and different stuff like that. And sometimes once there's a sale, there's not the customer service. And like I said, when I've come in here, you guys have been great with customer service. Me and my wife and my son come in here. We spend quite a bit of time walking around and I've asked a million questions and you guys have always been great with that, the extra knowledge, and you guys have quite a few systems that are amazingly set up here and just about everything you could possibly want or need for the aquarium on either side, fresh and salt. So, I mean, you can tell about new products, you can learn about stuff, and you can get more knowledge from somebody who's doing it every day than somebody online who may have bought one or was thinking about buying one on a video. So, I definitely like the idea of coming into the actual storefront you have somebody you can see the fish you can see you know if you want to see them eat you can ask and have them they feed them and kind of go through that and every everything that we've talked about or done we've you know has been a great experience through here i know that you guys have a lot of experience with it and i've asked about some fish that weren't you know wouldn't go with my fish and stuff like that and you guys have been able to. Steer me in the correct way, so I didn't put fish that didn't match and
5: different stuff in the same aquarium. So, well, thank you. We we do pride ourselves on customer service. It's one of the things that I feel is lacking in our industry. Um, too many places are out there just to make a sale. And um, I'll just tell you, we don't know everything for sure. Um, the industry is so broad, and and new products are coming on the market daily. And we just we can't know everything, but. Um, but we can certainly uh, try to get the answer. And we, we do have the ability to see a whole lot of products face to face. We have uh, a maintenance company that we have the ability to monitor and see 40 or 50 aquariums face to face. So we encounter all kinds of problems. We've tried all kinds of methods to solve certain problems from algae to fish disease to high nitrates. And, and uh, so we do pride ourselves. Any experience and, and we honestly never want to try to tell anybody something um, if we're not sure we don't try to uh, walk our way through it and act like we do we'll we'll stop and say hey I don't know the answer to that um, one of the things that a lot of the customers have probably heard coming in here is there's a hundred my, my, my saying is there's a hundred different ways to run a successful aquarium and um, to say that there's only one way is, is ludicrous. There's plenty of examples out there online, and um, you know you just see different photos of different systems that are set up, and, and there are different ways to run different things. And what we try to do here is we try to cater to the person who um, is maybe brand new in the hobby, or somebody who just really wants to sit back and enjoy their aquarium with um, the least amount of maintenance that goes into it with the least amount of science that goes into it, because some of these systems can be pretty complicated, and again, not that they don't work but but for the average person who just really wants a nice aquarium to enjoy um, a family that wants um, something a gr- great piece of living art in their in their home or kids that want um, something to occupy their time and and um, uh, those are the people that really. Um, appreciate the type of systems that we set up because we try to make it as maintenance-free and as um, take the guesswork out of this hobby because it can really be a fun hobby but a lot of times there's so much information out there that it gets confusing and people can get frustrated.
1: If I had a business and I was wanting to set up on a major a big aquarium inside there a beautiful aquarium as a centerpiece um, you guys also do the
5: setup and you do the maintenance correct? Correct yes and you know I'd say any place that you have a captive audience, whether it be a hospital, a doctor's office, a waiting room of any type um, restaurant? yeah restaurants anytime with there's there's people just sitting around, people really, really enjoy aquariums and and um, you know it's a, it, it solves uh, or it, it serves as a soothing effect for patients that are uh, maybe high anxiety um, and calms them maybe before sitting in a doctor's office we have aquariums at hospitals where people just countless people come up and tell us how they enjoy just being able to relax while their loved one is in surgery or you know it just takes their mind off of what's going on and um, you know people just generally love aquariums and and um, for those businesses that wonder if it's worth it or not to put it in there uh, their location um, again we've talked to people that say well, we actually go to this place over here because they have a really nice aquarium. And if it's the difference between going here or there for our kids' dentist, um, they have a really nice aquarium in that dentist office, and we go there because the kids love love it and have a good time while they're waiting. So you, there's just um, a, a lot of different a lot of different um, applications for the aquarium, and and um, you know people love it but it just looks really good in your location as well
1: and it's nice just to have it in the place that brings up you know just the whole atmosphere there's nothing like a beautiful saltwater tank or a beautiful discus tank with depending on which side you go on because if you get three or four discus and a nice big tank and some plants and stuff like that that's just one of the most beautiful things
5: you can see on some of the fish the freshwater side yeah I couldn't agree with you more Jeremy it's um uh um, you know, I, I'm partial to reef tanks, um, I've had a passion for the ocean environment for a long time, but, um, but honestly, side by side, um, a really good planted tank with discus or angelfish, and I mean, it's, it's hard to rival a good planted tank for sure.
1: Definitely, and then saltwater just has so many colors. It's such a beautiful, and then like everybody loves the clownfish and different stuff like that. And then you can go way out into some of the
5: just extremely beautiful fish that are more rare. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they have things that uh, it's interesting to have some of these these uh, rare fish come in and people look in the aquarium and say, "What is what is that? We've never even seen anything like that before." So the ocean is is a, an amazing place. It has things that you just you can't believe these creatures come come out of the ocean and uh, uh, so that's kind of a fun thing you know but um, again on on the freshwater side of it you know it it just is something that um, can be a benefit to to anybody to set up learn about how to care for animals uh, you know, there are kids with challenges, we've talked about this before, there are kids with um, physical des- disabilities, autism, um, there's proven scientific data out there that uh, shows that this is very beneficial for uh, those type of children as well. Even mental illness and bipolar and stuff, a lot of the
1: um, research shows that it has a calming effect on people. I've been doing a lot of studying on that. so. Yes, definitely. It's a major advantage too. You know,
5: something that's also beautiful and enjoyable. Right, right. Very captivating. Um, very captivating for um, a person that comes home and has a hard day at the office and just needs to sit back and relax. You know, down to somebody who's using it for more of a, a calming effect, with, like like we had talked about some medical disabilities. Mm-hmm.
1: I have a friend who is a stock trader, and he has a, a beautiful discus tank, and he's a, that's one of his major things to unwind as major hobbies that's kind of what gets him through his days after a long hard day at work on the floor. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody wanted to set up a tank or to talk more or just even come in and see a little bit more
5: about the place, how would they come about getting a hold of you? Well we're here from 12 o'clock till 8 o'clock Monday through Friday and then on Saturdays we're here from 11 to 7. We try to leave Sundays uh, for family time um, I just, uh, we respect that family time and church time on Sundays and, and uh, do our best to um, leave that there. But um, we can be reached anytime Monday through Saturday. Um, give us a call here at the store uh, is probably the best way to do it. And then we'd like to schedule an appointment for you to come on in so you can see things face to face and we can talk to you and answer any questions. That's really the best way to eliminate a lot of the confusion. Um, and where are you guys located at? We're located here um, in Collinsville, the Collinsville Maryville corridor, uh, right off 159 and the 5570 uh, interstate. Right on, uh, it's uh, 2533 Vandalia Street. And then you also have a web page and a Facebook page? Yes, we do have a Facebook page, a web uh, web page, um, and. Aquatictreasures.net is our web page. And if you look up Aquatic Treasures, you can find you on Facebook? That's correct. And you will soon have a YouTube channel making it, Yeah, too. Thanks, thanks to Jeremy here, we're going to have a YouTube channel and um, try to get the word out with different videos, different how-to things. Uh, we'd like to try things on a weekly basis to maybe um, highlight some product inf- information, uh, some neat things that we've seen come down through the pike that you wouldn't find at most uh, stores um, and uh, maybe some how-to videos on how to get those set up and some progression on what that looks like week to week. Thank you very much. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, we just appreciate um, people's business and enthusiasm about the hobby. We love to talk about it as much as anybody else does, so we'll enjoy having you come on in and and give us a try. And the phone number is? 618 344 Seven three three
1: three. thank you much for very much for being on. I enjoyed this. I always love coming into the store and checking it out. Thank Come you. in and see how beautiful everything is up here, guys. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Oh. And that was Damon from Aquatic Treasures. Check Aquatic Treasures out on Facebook, YouTube, and at www.AquaticTreasures.net. Now it's time for Brody's joke of the day.
2: What did one eye say to the other? I don't know what. Between me and you, since something smells.
1: <laughs> now it's time for our community board. On Sunday, April 10th, Cookies for a Cure, baking and supporting a cause, don't get any easier than this. We will provide you with one dozen cookies to decorate in class to keep, take home, and enjoy after. All supplies and instructions will be provided at St. Mary's Church 7632 Shawneetown Trail, Ellis Grove, Illinois, 62241, 1 to 4 p.m., $35. Call Jennifer Shimonik at 618-859-3591. On April 14th, Sarah J. hartman Deckerow will be signing her book From Here to Heaven at Balmire, Illinois Library from 530 to 730 p.m. She will share her testimony at 6 and sign books before and after. On April 25th, Monday at seven, Sarah J. Hartman Deckerow will be speaking at First Baptist Church Beacon Extension Building, open to the public. On Saturday, May 7th, Sarah J. Hartman Deckerow will be signing copies of her book at Morrison Talbot Library in Waterloo, Illinois, from 9 to 1 p.m. It is an open house meeting, meet and greet format. Enjoy a chance to get your book signed and visit with Sarah. On May 14th, Gateway Classic Cars Spring Fling Corral. Gateway Classic Cars is partnering with the Children's Miracle Network for this event. All the 100% of the proceeds will go to the Children's Miracle Network. Come out and support a good cause with food, music, and beautiful cars. More information is at gatewayclassiccars.com. Thank you for tuning into tonight's show. If you have events that you would like put on the community board, get suggestions, or you would like to give feedback on the show, just, or just say hi, please find us on Facebook at Blossom City Radio or hit us up on Blossom City Radio at Yahoo.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you for giving me the honor of
2: being your host for tonight. Thank you, and good night. She can't simply stand, just tear me out Oh, let's open the floodgates Feel the warmth of every tear that brushes i looking not to